airing the Addisons. Well, let me say this as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This is Aaron the Addisons here on American Family Radio. And I'm Will Addison here uh, once again send, sending you greetings from the Addison household. Uh, thank you guys for your prayers uh, and all the, the, the well wishes, you know, as far as our baby is concerned. We we thank you so much. We're enjoying him. He's growing right before our eyes. It's amazing. It's amazing to see. Uh, today, um, I want to, first of all, go through some housekeeping things. Um, as always, you can download our podcast at AFR.net. AFR.net. Just check out Airing the Addisons. You can email us at Addisons at AFR.net. Addisons at AFR.net. And also want to make this announcement and remind you about the In His Image documentary. Uh, In His Image is a critical and urgent message designed to equip the church to answer culturally controversial questions about gender and sexuality from a biblical perspective. Uh, In His Image is a feature linked documentary that presents much needed truth uh, with compassion and clarity through powerful personal testimonies, uh, careful Bible teaching, and scientific evidence. Every church in America is filled with hurting people asking these tough questions. And, you know, you know we get these questions as well. Uh, people have emailed, you know, with the, emailed us with these same questions. Can you be gay and be Christian? What if someone genuinely feels trapped in a wrong body? Did God make me this way? Uh, is change even possible? And so we want you to register to watch a special sneak preview uh, for free and stay updated about the premiere on October 20th. The special uh, sneak preview includes life-changing testimonies of former LGBT individuals featured in the documentary, a behind-the-scenes look at the spiritual warfare behind the making of uh, this film, and also a special message from our president, Tim Wildman. So to register... For this exciting pre-show event, uh, go to inhisimage.movie, inhisimage.movie. Make sure you check that out. I've, I've seen it, and it's just a great, great resource. I'm hoping that it will be something that pastors and leaders uh, would, would watch and also you know, share with people in their congregations because it's an awesome tool because we, we, we're dealing with these questions they're coming up time and time again about, uh, you know, can I be gay and be a Christian? You know, Miki and I, we did a show about that <laughs> a while back. And and some of the things you would think like, man, we're really talking about this today. This is really an, an issue with, within the church today. It's amazing uh, some of the things that are going on. I also want to announce that tonight uh, the AFA at home with Walker Wildman. That will be tonight at 7 p.m. Central Time. 
So join us for a virtual town hall meeting featuring a conversation about the significant cultural issues in our nation. With the election only weeks away, we need to be we need we need to be informed on what's at stake for our nation and our family. The guests include Tim Barton, the Benham brothers, uh, Abraham Hamilton III, Richard Landstar Parker, and Sandy Rios. And some of the topics are religious liberty, censorship in social media, uh, sanctity of life, socialism, and a lot more. And to pre-register for to well for this event. Go to visit uh, AFA.net, AFAaction.net, I'm sorry, AFAaction.net. Make sure you watch that. It's going to be a a good resource. Once again, some tools that you can put in your belt and just to know what's happening, what's going on, and how to address uh, some of these things that that are happening. I also want to ask you all to pray for our share that's coming up next week, October 13th through October 15th. Uh, This year's theme is Our Living Hope, Our Living Hope. And the scripture reference for that is 1 Peter 1, verse 3 through 9. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God, through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, uh, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, uh, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your fate, the salvation of your souls. So once again, please uh, be in prayer for us and see how the Lord may be uh, moving upon your heart to give. And our share that will be happening next week, October 13th through the 15th. Today, uh, we're going to be talking about Something that's near and dear to my heart because I feel like there's a big attack uh, from the enemy on this particular thing. And what I'm speaking of is family. Uh, I heard in in the news broadcast, in the news right before the show, they mentioned how the viewpoints of Americans are changing uh, as far as variety of family, like what a family looks like. And, you know, that there are a lot of people who just don't care. They're indifferent. And so... That, that should be a, 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 um, an alarm should sound in our mind because of this. One of the major attacks that the enemy has levied against uh, the people of God, the church, is uh, within the family. We have a lot of dysfunction that takes place within our families. You know, we have a lot of things that go uh, untalked about, things that, you know, if you look at scripture, they're not permitted. And so now there's this big push that's happening for like three parent homes. And, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. You know, they're, they're saying now you can have two dads and two moms, all this stuff, you know, that's being uh, pushed in the culture, but has our idea of that changed as the people of God. And I would submit, you know, we're talking about things like, can I be gay and a Christian, you know, 
what if I'm trapped in the wrong body and stuff like that? Because these things are questions that these are questions that are arising within the church. You will look at some of this stuff and you say, man, that's the stuff of the world. You know, we understand, like my brother Abe says, you know, the world's going to world. They're going to do what they do. But man, no, this stuff is now made itself made its way within the church. And it should be a reason for alarm. You know, and I say alarm, not fear, not a wringing of the hands where what are we going to do now? But it should kind of cause us to be sober and to look at, at this. You know, God has a design for marriage, for family, and it has not changed. Our culture will change. You know, people will change. Things will, will change. But the word of God, it stands forever. And the way that God has instituted marriage and the family is the way that is is going to always be. There may be counterfeits that, that are arising, but as the people of God, we have to stand firm behind uh, the biblical uh, institution of, of marriage. You know, and I think about my family, you know, now having six children. They're going to grow up in a world that's much different from how I grew up. A lot of these things, even though I, you know, I was exposed to to certain things, you know, whether it be in school, whether it be in peer um, with my peers, man. But what what's going on now is on another level. And as they grow and as they live out in this in this culture, they're going to be confronted with much, much more than I had to uh, deal with. So the question for me is, am I training my children in a way that they're going to be ready uh, in this culture? You know, I was talking to, uh, I think it was yesterday, we was talking to, uh, to Les. Uh, it may, it may be, have been on a previous time. But I brought up the, uh, the children, uh, Daniel, Daniel, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and, and Abednego, the Hebrew boys. How before they were um, led captive into Babylon, they they were already they were ready for that. They were raised to be ready for that. They were already set. So when they uh, went into captivity, they didn't back down. They didn't back away. When they were surrounded by a culture that was godless, or or that had you know false gods, they didn't immediately bow down to that. At all. They didn't do it at all. And so we have to raise our children in a way today with that same mindset that we're raising them not to bow down, that we desire to see them genuinely converted, you know, because they can't be Christians because their parents are Christians. That's not how it works. But that we are making disciples, that we are putting the gospel before them, praying that they make a decision to follow Christ and that we are discipling them. Because the things that they're going to face in this uh, world and in this life, it's going to it's going to it's going to be some 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 uh, great temptation. They are putting forth this stuff in the schools. You know, you, they're learning things from friends. You know, the media. Man, it is coming at our children at all angles and also at us because the, the story that was talked about in the news, man, is, is that Americans are now becoming more and more relaxed about what marriage really is. It don't really matter. There's a big indifference now to what uh, marriage looks like. And that's a problem. 
because I believe that even in we can say Americans or people have a, a different mindset about it. But I, I believe that same mindset has bled over into the church as well. One of the things that we have to deal with is our view as Christians about family and about children. Does this mean that everybody should have, you know, six, seven children? No. But our view about children and about family should be what the Bible has said about it. The Bible has said in Psalm 127 that children are a blessing, a blessing. And there's nowhere in Scripture where I I can remember where children are anything but a blessing. That being married to uh, one spouse is a great thing, you know, that's that's a great that's a thing that that should be uh, that's a noble thing that you would remain with your spouse that and uh, look and this is not a condemnation but man we have to at some point at some point say we've done it wrong or we've been too relaxed about this this great gift that God has given us in marriage at some point we have to say man we have denied the word of God we have you know stepped out you know, and turned our backs on what the word of God has said. At some point, we can't just live with, you know, what's been going on. We, we've lost a lot of ground, even within the church, even within the church, because of dysfunction in our families, because of, you know, uh, divorce and, and, and adultery and things like that, because we've allowed pornography to come in and, and break up our homes, break up our marriages. At some point, at, at, as the people of God, we have to say enough is enough. We have to say no, that God has an ordained way that marriage uh, uh, looks. And I agree with that. We have to say that. We have to stand for it. Because this culture is pushing so hard for something that's different, for something of variety. They're pushing so hard to say that that all that way of mar- thinking about marriage is archaic, it's old, it's outdated. But we know that God's way is the best way. We know that God's way is the best way. And so as the people of God, this is something that we should be on the front lines fighting for marriage and family and, and, and really promoting that within the body of Christ. This is Aaron Addison's. I'm Will Addison. We'll be back right after this.
This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, and that's Path of Revelation with Believers. Today I'm talking about family. It's one of the topics uh, that I feel like we need to press on, uh, man, more than we we do. You know, we talk. We can talk about a lot of different things, you know, but I think right now, given where, where we are in this culture, as far as marriage and family, this should be highlighted so much more. You know, when Obergefell, that decision uh, came came down, you know, really, the people of God, we should have mobilized to to start something to really raise up God's design for for marriage and family. You know, uh, that should have been something where uh, we didn't take that line down. That, that was huge. That was huge. And I think that's the reason why we have so much indifference now concerning varieties of family. Because I think when you begin to change and set things to law and stuff like that, you know, mind, mindsets change. You know, there was a time when no one really wore uh, seatbelts. I remember. <laughs> I remember not wearing a seatbelt. I remember just riding around without that, riding in the, in the, in the bed of my, my dad's pickup truck, things like that, without even thinking about, you know, and we were going long distances. But, you know, as they begin to crack down and say, man, it's a law, you need to wear this seatbelt. It just becomes second nature now. You get in your car, you put the seatbelt on. These things have an ability to change the mindset. And I think with Obergefell and, you know, the, the homosexual marriage and all that, which is not marriage at all, it has begin, begun to change the mindset of people to a, a, a state of indifference, a state of indifference. And I want to read some of this uh, story from this uh, Pew Research uh, it says the American family is changing in many ways. Cohabitation is on the rise. More adults are delaying or uh, foregoing marriage. A growing share of children are living with an unmarried parent. And same-sex marriage is legal in all 50 states. Amid these changes, three in 10 U.S. adults think it's a, a good thing that there is a growing variety in the types of family arrangements people live in. While about half as many, 16%, say this is a bad thing. The largest share, and this is the thing that really stuck, stuck out, and this was what they were highlighting. The largest share, 45%, don't think it makes a difference, according to a Pew Research Center uh, survey conducted in June 2019. That indifference, I think, is brought about by this constantly being put before us. Why do you think they're trying to, not trying to, why do you think they're putting this stuff in school? Where they have these story times and different things, these different books about, you know, different families. All the families don't have to look, look, look alike. On the TV shows, I remember watching like PBS and seeing certain shows talk about Family can look all types of way. Well, they keep putting this before you because what they're trying to do is normalize this behavior. They're trying to normalize our kids. They're trying to normalize the adults, everybody, to think that God's design for marriage is not the way that it's supposed to be. However you want it to look, that's how it can be. 
And I would say that they are succeeding to do that. When you think of when I when I look at this and say the largest share, 45 percent, don't think it makes a difference. How many of these people are Christians? That's what I wonder. Now, this is just Americans, you know. But, man, I think it has the same effect within the church because we're living in this culture. And if we're not careful, if we're not girded with the word of God, if we're not, you know, praying, if we're not discerning, man, this stuff, it has such a sensual nature about it. It allures you. It brings you in. You feel like, oh, what's the big deal? I know God, the Bible says this, but, man. And, and and it's crazy because a lot of us wouldn't say that. We wouldn't verbalize, I know the Bible says this, but but in our action and our feelings, we're like, ah, it's not a big deal. Yes, it is a big deal. It is a big deal. It says opinions about the growing variety in family living arrangements have changed over the course of a decade. Hmm. A decade. That'd be like 2010. Like what was going on, you know, in this last decade? I'm telling you, as things begin to change in this culture, as Obergefell came down, I think the mindsets of people begin to change as well. In 2010, somewhat similar uh, shares of adults saw this as a good thing. 34% a bad thing, 29% or something that makes no difference, 32%. Since then, the share saying is it makes no difference has increased considerably. While the share seeing it as a good thing or a bad thing have declined by four and 13 percentage points. So more and more people are saying, ah, we don't make a difference. Ah, live and let live. Like, you know, we're not going to make a big deal about this. I'm telling you, as brothers and sisters in Christ, it is a big deal. It's huge. Because now what, what what's coming about is you can have all types of different families. They can look all types of ways. You can have two moms. You can have two dads. I'm, I saw I'm, there's a story, and I'm going to get into it a little bit. And, it, and the headline is the rise of the three-parent family. The rise of the three-parent family. And in this family, there's a husband and a wife, but there's also another dad. Now, he's not sexually involved at all. He considers himself asexual. But he is a like a legal dad within this relationship. It's crazy. What happened to like, you know, just being a friend of the family? The family is the husband and the wife and and, and the, the child. What happened to just being, you know, Uncle, Uncle Jay? You know, that's oh, that's Uncle or cousin Jay, that's, our, that's a friend of our family. No, now they're pushing to legally be a third dad. This is, I mean, it's insane when you think about it. When you give up what, what, what God, God's design is, you get all kind of foolishness, all kind of craziness. Like there's no end, there's no limit to what uh, the world will say a family can look like. It's amazing. It's amazing. And because of the indifference, I think we're going to just go along with this, you know, oh, man, you know, times are changing. But once again, the word of God has not changed. So my call is to the people of God. If you're a Christian, you're a brother and sister. Man, we have to hold fast to what the word of God says about God's design 
for marriage and family. We have to stay on that. We can't relent. We got to hold the line. We got to be at a position where I don't care what this world is saying. This is what God has said about how this is supposed to look. Look, there, there are moves even within the church to change mindsets about how family is supposed to look. Now, it may not have huge, huge traction, but it's there. It's there. And it's, it's on, on some fronts, it's subtle. On, on others, it's not. When you begin to question, can I be a Christian and be homosexual? You're, you're going down a path that's going to open up all kind of deviancy and issues with family and things like that. It's, it's, there's no doubt about it. Now, this uh, study also made a, um, a comparison between Democrats and Republicans that I thought was pretty interesting as well. And it says now Democrats and Democratic leaning independents are about twice as likely as Republicans and Republican leaners to say that the growing variety in family living arrangements is a good thing. So. The Demo- that's not shocking to me. It's 39 versus 39 percent versus 20 percent. I would expect more Democrat leaning and, and Democrat leaning independents uh, to think like that. Oh, you know, it's a good thing. Republicans, in turn, are more likely to say this is a bad thing. That that don't surprise me either. 25 percent versus 10 percent. And similar shares in both groups say it makes no difference. See, that's the thing that that sticks out in all of this. Similar shares in both groups says it makes no difference. Forty four percent of Republicans and 45 percent of Democrats. What this, again, shows is that the general population, the general public is changing. It's changing to indifference as it concerns marriage and family. So, church, what are we going to do? We can't change. We can't change. While Republicans and Democrats are now significantly, um, significantly more likely than they were in 2010 to say the growing variety in the family and the types of family living arrangement makes no difference and less likely to say it is a bad thing. The change has been most pronounced among Republicans. So people who have historically uh, stood upon marriage and family, um, and I would say from a biblical perspective, have changed the most. So a decade ago, 45% of Republicans said this was a bad thing. 45%. This is a bad thing to have different varieties of families and anybody can be a family. You know, it it, it does not have to be a man and a woman. 45% a decade ago said that it's a bad thing to have the variety of a family. Today, a quarter of the Republicans say the same. Among Democrats, 17% say the diversity in family types was a bad thing in 2010. The share of that has fallen to just 1 in 10 in the latest survey. So there's a lot that, that's changing in 10 years. In 10 years. And I think we need to take note of that. And again, this is a polling of Americans but within this population are Christians and just seeing how easy we are to lax on so many different issues. 
man, I know as it pertains to family, there's a temptation there to lax in our mindset regarding God's standard for family. And I want to encourage you that we can't give up ground on this. We can't. A matter of fact, we need to move to in our churches, uh, in our in our fellowships to make sure that we are talking about this. That we are preaching even from the pulpit that God's designed for marriage and family. Don't shy away from it. We have to teach from the pulpit about God's design, about marriage, about divorce. What what is a, a legal divorce as far as God is concerned? See, that's issue that we don't want to talk about. We don't want to talk about it. But I'm take, I'm telling you, we're taking losses because we we're not talking about the things that really matter. This is a big deal, y'all. This is a big deal. Marriage, the family, the first institution that God set forth, well before the church. And we can't just lie down and say, oh, well, we can be indifferent, indifferent as well because this culture is changing. And I'm hoping to encourage you that, man, let the world say whatever they're going to say. Let them move how far left they want to move. But as, as the people of God, we have to have a resolve to say we're not moving because this is the way that God has designed it. God's design. So this whole idea of the rise of a three-parent family, it's amazing to me because when you look at this type of thing, there's no end in sight. It's like you can have all types of different combinations and that's what they're doing so there's this uh article the rise of the three parent family i think it was from the atlantic and there's some things that stuck out to me as far as this article is concerned i want to uh read a couple things for your consideration now this is some of the mindset and this really um bothered me when i read this so part of this article, it said three-parent families are not a new phenomenon. And Jay doesn't consider himself a trail, trailblazer. Jay is a guy, his name is David Jay, who considers himself to be asexual, but he's a part of a three-parent family where there's a husband and a wife, and they had a baby, and Jay is just the third parent. He's not you know, romantically involved, anything like that. He's just the third parent. Legally, like, and I believe they're in California. <laughs> but this is amazing to me. Once again, why couldn't Jay, David Jay, just be, hey, Uncle Jay, a friend of the family? But no, he's a legal parent. So you got two daddies and a mommy. And they'll say, well, he's not, he's not, they're not in, you know, polyamory and anything like that. He's not sexually involved. But this is a, a distortion of what God has designed for marriage. So I'm going to read some more about this uh, when we come back. But this is alarming to me. And I, and I feel like as a people of God, we have to make a stand that marriage is if what God has ordained, the way that he has ordained it from the scriptures. We can't back down. We can't move back. No matter what culture says. This is Erin Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll be right back.
This is Aaron Addison's here on American, American Family Radio. This is Will Addison. And we've been talking about marriage and family. And look, I was just thinking about something during the break. I'm like, man, you know, one of the greatest joys is when I'm able to um, get off and go home and see my little Sam Wick run up to me and say, Daddy, you're home. Man, we forfeit a lot of this stuff, you know, for the pleasure of this world. I mean, I love that. I love that. And I think as men, we need to be in a position to say, man, this is my family. This is the family that God has given me. He's given me this wife. He's given me these children to raise up, to disciple. And we should take that personally. Uh, that should be, a, a, and, and I always hesitate to say this because of the word, but a pride. You know, we should be proud that this is our family and that God has entrusted us. With, the, with these families, with these children, with, with this wife. Man, let's make family great again. Let's make marriage great again. You know, let's every uh, uh, man and every woman listening say, I'm going to make a commitment to, to my marriage, to God's design, God's design. The world is trying to throw all this stuff at us, all these different combinations. You can have two men, two women, you know, an asexual man and a husband and a wife and all this stuff. Man, God, that's confusion. That is confusion. The author of confusion is the devil. But we have the game plan for marriage and family in the word of God. And man, we should stand up on that. Not flinching at all. Not, not flinching at all. So I want to continue to read uh, this portion from this article, The Rise of the Three parent family and so i'll just start where I, where I left off. i said three parent families are not a new phenomenon and jay doesn't consider himself a trailblazer and i explained that jay considers himself a asexual man and he's uh in this three parent family where there's a husband and a wife who had a, a child and he is the the third will like he's the the dad another dad two dads <laughs> it, it's, it's confusion but it says many parents, particularly those who are single or have low, uh, low incomes, have long cobbled together child care by bringing relatives and friends and, and as in, informal co-parents, according to Philip N. Cohen, a sociologist of family at the University of Maryland. The idea that the default family unit consists of two straight parents and their children is outdated and doesn't reflect the U.S. today. I mean, what? Say, says you. Says you. I mean, <laughs> one 2014 Pew Research report 
for example, found that fewer than half of American kids lived in a so-called traditional family environment with two married parents on their first marriage. Divorce and remarriage are more common than they once were as a blended as as our blended families and step families, many of which feature a, a third parental figure in the queer and polyamorous communities too have plenty of examples of three parent families. So what they're saying is because there's sin that's come in and families have been dysfunctional, it's okay to have three parent families. No, it's not because you have divorce and because you have, you know, single uh, uh, parents and all this kind of stuff going on. That's not the standard. That's not the standard for marriage. The standard for marriage is what we see in scripture. One man, one woman. And from that union comes offspring. But they're trying to give, they're trying to say, oh, it's normal. It's normal to have three parents because they're doing it already. You know, they're doing single uh, parents, low incomes. You know, uh, they're already doing this. So what's the big deal? Three parent homes already existing. No, we don't bow down to the, the mess up. We go to the standard. The standard is what the word of God says, the straight, the straight edge of Scripture. It says, but formalizing these families uh, through law, as Jay has done, is a relatively new possibility. Diana Adams, the founder of the Chosen uh, Family Law Center, says that interest in this option, option, that's only one way. That's only one man and woman says that the interest in this option has been growing over the past 15 years, spurred by the increasing acceptance of queer families and the popularity of assisted reproduction technologies. Once again, the, ex- the acceptance. See, that's, that goes back to the indifference about the variety of families. I'm telling you, when Obergefell came down, it did a lot more than what we thought. Now, it, it, it has succeeded in changing the minds of many people of what family should even look like. To now, we have this whole indifference going on where people are like, oh, it don't matter. I don't care. I don't care what a family looks like. It don't matter to me. <sighs> so this founder of the Chosen Family Law Center, it said the acceptance of, of queer families and the popularity of assisted reproduction technologies Chosen Family Law Center works with uh, New York and New Jersey residents and does national legislative advocacy. So you have people working to make this type of stuff legal. In Adam's experience, applications for three-parent adoption succeed most commonly when the triad, once again, the, the adding combinations and the triad consists of same-sex couples, uh, usually female and the male sperm provider who plans to be a platonic co-parent. This is confusion, y'all. This is not God's design. This is not God's design. Listen to this. It says, for Adams, tri-parenting is a way of reclaiming the diversity and beauty of the queer community. (laughs) When it comes to queer rights, the big fight of the past decades has been to legalize gay marriage, which has been significant, but has also played into the narrative that the two-parent family 
is and should be the default structure. So that she, Adams is saying right here that even though they got the same-sex marriage, it's still like just two parents. We got to expand this more. This is not enough. That should be triads. I'm telling you, this stuff has no end. Say we still have the problem of, you know, the default is two parents. Why can't it be three? Why can't it be four? <laughs> That's what Adams is saying. That has taken away some of the power of being able to live radically queer lives without needing to fit into a capitalist, capitalist, <laughs> a capitalist, <sighs> patriarchal structure of a nuclear family. It sounds like BLM, huh? The end game is to destroy the nuclear family. And for our purposes, to destroy God's design on family. That's what it comes down to. God said that it's one man, one woman. Out of that union comes children. Man is saying, God, why I got to be like that? We, we don't submit to that, God. We don't want that. We want to do what we want to do. We not only want same sex, because that, that limits it to like still just two parents. Why can't there be three and four? Why can't we have this and that? You know, that's what they're doing. There's no end in sight to this. So church, once again, talking to you, what I'm saying is that we have to stand right now for God's design on marriage and family. We have to put the notions behind us that, you know, getting it on in this world and what can I do? You know, stop looking at families with more than three children as as like, what are they doing? What's going on? That's strange. Man, children, uh, like I said, are a blessing. We have to change our minds concerning marriage and family. We can't be diluted by the world and what the world thinks. And like I said, from that other uh, story, it seems like there's a lot of indifference going on now. That people don't care. And I, again, I wonder how many of those people would be considered church people. Let me open up the phone lines. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. If you have a comment that you want to make concerning this, uh, we'd love to hear from you. But man, it's, it's high time right now that we take a stand for marriage, for family. You know, um, the Lord has allowed us through American Family Association uh, to do conferences. And the theme of his marriage, family and life. Uh, we've we've done two in the past. We've had great speakers. You know, we, we hone in on the marriage, family and life issues. We talk about other things as well. But, man, we have to really rally, rally the troops and say this is such a big deal for the people of God that we need to be focused in on making sure that. God's idea for marriage and family is not lost within the body of Christ. Again, like my brother Abraham said, the world is going to whirl. They're going to do what they do. But as the people of God, we have to do what we do, and that's adhere to the word of God. Because the world is pushing so many things. Think about it. It's happening in the schools. It's happening. There's a big push to call things you know, uh, different from how God has, has declared them to be. I mean, it's there. It's already happening. 
is already happening in the media. It's already happening in cartoons. Cartoons. That used to be safe when I was growing up. At least I thought so. I never saw anything like this. But now that move and that push is so fierce because they know that if the family is straight and the family is good, man, the community is going to be good. You know, this this uh, a strong family affects everything around it. Everything around it. We have strong families. We have strong communities. We have strong churches. You know, we have young people growing up in a functional family with a father and a mother. We have to get back to that. If we wonder why our young people are running amok. Well, a lot of times it's because there's no father there. So, men, we got to man up. That's your child. That's your child. And we can't take on what the world is trying to present to us as marriage and as family. So I want to go to some calls. Let's go, let's see, to Richard in Tennessee. Hi, Richard. Hi, Will. Uh, been a real blessing just to find your show, uh, to listen to you and your wife, and, and have everything that I've heard have a biblical foundation. So I want to thank you all for that. Thank you. Uh, I believe that the responsibility has always lied with the brethren, mm -hmm. the brothers and sisters in Christ, to take a stand when the world creeps into our lives and into our churches. Mm -hmm. We've got to talk about it, yes, and, and proclaim it as, as sin, because you've got to call sin, sin. Mm -hmm. But we also need to be prepared to go to those in authority who may have been misled mm -hmm. and are not following the word of God and tell them that we just, we, we, we can't abide this. This is not godly. This is not holy. Second Timothy tells us in chapter three, it's all unholy. And I just, I want to encourage everybody just like you are, that it's time for us to take a stand. We can do it one at a time or mm -hmm. get together and just say, this is not acceptable. Amen. It is sin, mm. will not abide it, and I'm, I, I just would like everybody to make sure that whatever you do, you do it because you're led by the Holy Spirit of God. You do it because you found your foundation in the Word of God. Amen. And with those two things, well, I believe there's no weapon formed against us Amen. that can stand if we stand on the Word of God and His truth. Amen. Thank you so much, Richard. I agree. And it, it is time. Like we have to, to stand upon the solid word of God. Let me go to one more call. Uh Tommy in Texas. Go ahead, Tommy. Hello, Mr. Addison. How you doing today? Good, good. Hey, how is your wife and the baby? Are they doing okay? They're doing great. They're doing great. Well, uh, God bless y'all. Yes. I let her know I miss her and I love y'all. Sure. I will. mean, Tim's done such a great job, you and the bishop and Abraham, I mean, Brian. I've, I've got so many favorites, but I really love y'all. Well, thank anyway, you. I want to agree exactly what you said. I've had a street ministry for about seven years now. And, uh, you know, like the man said, you've got to, you know, let the Holy Spirit lead you. But, you know, I'm out there for them, for the homosexual, because, you know, the sin and the, and the suicide rate and, 
And you wouldn't believe they're, they're so Hey, Tommy, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. We're we coming to the end of the show. I'm sorry about that. I'll open up the phones a lot earlier tomorrow. God bless.